0: Ephesians chapter 1, and I want to read starting in verse 15 today as we continue our series here in the letter to the Ephesians. So Ephesians 1 and 15, it says, This is why, since I heard about your faith in the Lord Jesus and your love for all the saints, I never stop giving thanks for you as I remember you in my prayers. I pray that the God of our Lord Jesus Christ, the glorious Father, would give you the spirit of wisdom and revelation in the knowledge of Him. I pray that the eyes of your heart may be enlightened so that you may know what is the hope of His calling, what is the wealth of His glorious inheritance in the saints, and what is the immeasurable greatness of His power toward us who believe according to the mighty working of His strength. Let's pray over the Word as we receive it this morning. Father, we thank You for Your Word. We thank You that it is truth. In life to us. I thank you that it is alive and active. It's sharper than any two-edged sword. It's able to pierce us, to cut us as we need to be pierced, as we need to be cut by your truth. I pray that I will rightly divide it today, uh, Lord and Holy Spirit, that you will translate to each heart as each one of us has need to hear from you today and to receive from you today encouragement and strength. And we thank you for these things in Jesus name. Amen. So as we're continuing in the letter to the Ephesians, remember, Paul is writing to the church at Ephesus and not just to them. It was going to be passed around to others besides them. And he's he's wanting them to see not only what God has done, but what he is doing among them. Right. That he's bringing new life, that he's bringing new a new society, a new standard and new relationships. And we've gone through up to this point. Here we are in verse 15, where he starts out saying, "This is why, since I heard about your faith." And then when he says, "This is why." He's pointing back to what what we read right before this. Verses three through 13, those 12 verses where he's praising God for all of the things that he has done, that the, the God of our father, Lord Jesus Christ, has blessed us with every spiritual blessing in the heavens in Christ Jesus. He chose us before the foundation of the world to be adopted. Uh, as sons through Jesus Christ for Himself. Uh, In Him we have redemption through His blood, the forgiveness of trespasses, according to the riches of His grace. He made known to us the mystery of His will. He said, In Him we have an inheritance. In Him we are sealed by the promised Holy Spirit, who is a down payment of our inheritance until the redemption of the possession to the praise of his glory. didn't read it all word for word, but those are the things that he said. He said, thinking about that, all of these things is why, since I heard about your faith in the Lord Jesus and your love for all the saints, I never stop giving thanks for you as I remember you in my prayers. He said, all of this just makes me think about you and what God has done and is doing in your lives. And I'm thankful for it. He said, I heard about your faith in Jesus and your love for all the saints. Those are two characteristics of a believer. Faithfulness to Christ Jesus, love for Christ Jesus, and also love for others, especially those who are of the household of faith, especially the saints of God. Faith in Christ leads us to loving others only every time. Faith in Christ leads us to loving others every time. And he said, since I heard all since I heard about your faith, since I heard that you're included in verses three through 14, I haven't stopped thanking God for you when I pray for you. Now, it's important to point out right here before we continue that he's talking to people who have believed. He's talking to believers. Right. Same as us. Right. Partakers in what we read about in three through 14, people that are in Christ, people that are in him, that they meet that definition. He said, I give thanks for you as I remember you in prayer. So it's to them. And also, since it's the word of God, it's to everyone else who that same thing applies to. That's why we can receive from it today. He's saying this beautiful list, everything in verses 3 through 14, everything that's true about y'all, I'm thankful for it. And I'm praying for you. He said, I thank God for you when I pray for you. And I also continue to pray for you. And that's what we want to look at today. What is it that he's praying for? What's he asking God to do on their behalf? He said, I pray that the God of our Lord Jesus Christ, the glorious father, would give you the spirit of wisdom and revelation in the knowledge of him. I pray that the eyes of your heart may be enlightened so that you may know what is the hope of his calling. And what is the wealth of his glorious inheritance in the saints? And what is the immeasurable greatness of his power toward us who believe according to the mighty working of his strength? So he's praying for several things here. a Spirit of wisdom and revelation in the knowledge of him that the eyes of your heart would be enlightened or illuminated so that you may know what is the hope of his calling. What is the wealth of his glorious inheritance in the saints and the immeasurable greatness of his power toward us who believe? We're going to walk through each one of these, but I want you to notice that he's not asking God to do something new. He's asking God to reveal to the people and help each believer see clearly and know what God has already done. What he's already done in Christ and that they will walk in the fullness of it. We talk about faith being uh, that, you know, faith is the substance of things hoped for and the evidence of things not seen. Faith is seeing the way that God sees things. It's seen with his sight and not our old carnal sight. Paul says, I thank God for all of these things that have already been done in your life. And these are the things that you still need, not for their salvation, not to be in Christ, but to walk in that victorious Christian life that Christ paid for, for each and every one of them. He said, I pray that the glorious father would give you the spirit of wisdom and revelation in the knowledge of, of him, He's saying, believer, blood bought one. You haven't seen anything yet. You've seen a lot. You haven't seen it all yet. You need this spirit of wisdom and revelation in the knowledge of him. Wisdom is full of intelligence. To be full of intelligence, revelation means unveiling that the curtain is pulled back on something so you can see what's really going on. In the knowledge of him that we would be precise, that we would be correct in what we think about him, say about him, and how we walk in him. He's letting them know that there's things that they don't yet know that are available to them that they will benefit from. That's wisdom. Wisdom. And even once you learn them, if you haven't yet experienced that in life, then that comes forth and that's revelation. Now I understand how the wisdom fits into how life works. And you put those things together and, and apply it to your life. And you're walking in knowledge. You're walking in the knowledge. And I'll give you an example as far as we're talking about things that we don't yet know that we need to know. And if we don't know them, then it can cause us issues. Okay. Three weeks ago on a Wednesday, I was at work, was in my office at the bank and I got a call from the water company and they called and said, we shut off the water at the church. I was like, well, we paid the bill, right? And they said, you paid the bill, but the guy went to read the meter and it was running and there was nobody there. And so you have a leak. And so, okay. So we go about everything that goes with that. And then thankfully it was way out there close to the meter. It was easy to dig up, easy to have the plumbers come and fix it the following day. And I asked him, I said, well, I don't know how much more water we used than normal But I've always been told when you have a water leak, you're supposed to contact the water department and ask them if they'll adjust the sewer charge, right? Because on your water bill, you have the water usage. And then if you're on the city sewer, they also charge you for the water that you're putting down the sewer because it has to go to the treatment plant and they have to treat it and all of those things. There's a cost involved With that, but this water didn't go down the sewer; it just went into the ground. So we shouldn't be charged for that. So I asked the lady on the phone that. I said, "You know, when do we? What do we need to do about getting the sewer uh, adjusted?" And she said, "We don't do sewer adjustments until October. We're not going to be doing any sewer adjustments until October." And I was like, "Sounds funny, but okay. I'm gonna wait and get the bill, and I'll see what we're what we're dealing with." So I get the bill and the bill, water bill for the church is normally about $75 a month, right? It's just a water bill. This one was $450. Yeah, that's what I said too. When I looked at it, I was like, whoa, but I'm looking at the breakdown on it. And over 200 of that was the sewer, right? Normally the sewer is like 20 bucks. This one is like 230, something like that. It's large. And so I said, she told me they weren't doing anything that didn't even make sense. So I called back and I said, Hey, we got this bill and we had a leak. She said, Oh yeah, I remember. There's a different lady sewer charge because none of that water went down the sewer. And what can we do to get that adjusted? And she said, Oh, well, you just have to come by with your bill where you paid the plumber to fix it and sign an affidavit. And we'll adjust it back down to what the lower one was. She said, we'll take that $200 off the bill. Thank, thank the Lord. Right, so I get all that done, and then I'm thinking, I was like, Lord, what if I had not known to ask about that? What if I hadn't known to? Ask? I remember my mother telling me that. I think we had had a water leak at the house, which we're not on the city sewer. She's, well, you need to call. You need to get that. But just somebody told me, and so I knew. And I knew it was the truth. So even when it was contested a little bit, I was like, well, this is true, right? And they were like, no, that's not true. The other lady was just confused. They don't, they don't change your sewer rates until the fall. They give you some time during the summer and they use your winter averages in case you're watering and stuff like that. You're not being overcharged for, you know, sewer service that you're not using. She was thinking about something completely different. But I was like, Lord, what if I hadn't known to ask? Because they called me about the leak. You'd think they would have told me about the credit. <laughs> they did not. That was just on. That was, and again, calling, they, they recognized me every time that I called. Oh, yeah, we remember. Y'all had that leak. Oh, it was a big leak, wasn't it? Yeah, yeah, it was. Never told me about the credit. What if I didn't know? And all these things in our life that we would benefit from knowing if we knew about them. And all the things that if we don't know about it, what's going to end up happening, it's going to cost me more. I'm going to have to put up with more than I should have to in life if I don't have that wisdom. See, I had heard it. That was the wisdom. Then it happened to me and I got to experience it. That became revelation. When I got in the middle of it, it was revelation. And then now I'm walking in the knowledge of it to go, now I know exactly how that works. And then what can I do? I can tell other folks. Because maybe you didn't know that. Maybe hearing it and understanding it and gathering up that wisdom will save you. And how many things in our ordinary life are just like that? How many times do you say, well, if I had just known? Nobody told me. How was I supposed to know that? Right? Scripture even says people perish. For what? Lack of knowing. Lack of knowledge. We'll even perish because of it because we didn't know any better. Again, it was true. It was a true thing. They were prepared to provide it. But if I didn't know to ask for it, I would have lived like it wasn't true. And that's how we can be if we forsake the growth in Christ, this wisdom and knowledge, wisdom, revelation in the knowledge of him. There are tons of examples in that, again, just in our ordinary life, not even getting over into our spiritual life, but just in our ordinary life, things that we need to know. And these are some of the things we want the church to be a help in. Right. We've got so many different backgrounds, so many different sets of experiences that I may know a whole lot about something that you only know a little bit about. And I'm able to share with you on that. You may know something, a whole lot about something else that I know very little about mechanic and things like that. Right. And I want that to be a part of what we do. So if there's things like that, that, you know, our question box out in the back, it's not just for theological questions, you put anything in there and we will find you an answer. answers like, hey, I'm dealing with this. Hey, I don't. Hey, how do I get my credit score to go up? I can talk to you a whole lot about that. Don't ask me any medical questions. Or I'll send those to the doc. Right. But all of these things I'm trying to point out, there's things that if we don't know them, we're going to suffer for not knowing them. And if we do know them, how much better is our life Going to be, you know, because these things are important, that that deal, that was that that was an important deal. Right. But that water bill is going to be gone. I mean, it's going to be done and over. But some of the things we're talking about, when it's wisdom and revelation in the knowledge of him, these are things that have a whole lot longer impact on our life eternally significant, not necessarily where you're going to spend eternity, but it may affect where somebody else spends eternity. Because if you're not walking in the fullness of what he's called you to walk in, you're not available to others in the way that he wants you to be available to them. When it comes to Christ and who you are in him, you may know a lot about it, right? You may think about the person, you know, that knows the most about it. And it's still just a drop in the ocean of who he is. Still just a drop in the ocean of who God is. And it can bring such an overwhelming difference in our daily life. I want to read to you out of second Peter, because this one was on my heart. Reading this wisdom and revelation and the knowledge of him in second Peter, chapter one. And in verse 3, Peter says, His divine power has given us everything required for life and godliness. Yes. He has given us everything, this is me now, quit reading. This, he has given us everything that we need for life and godliness through the knowledge of Him who called us by His own glory and goodness. And by these, He has given us very great and precious promises. So that through them you may share in the divine nature, escaping the corruption that is in the world because of evil desire or also known as lust. Says he's given us everything that we need for life and godliness through the knowledge of him, Christ, who called us by his own glory and goodness. And because of these, he's given us great and precious promises that we can be partakers of the divine nature and escape the everything you hate about the world. The corruption that is in the world through lust, he has given us a way to escape that through what? Through the knowledge of him who has called us. He doesn't stop there, though. He says, for this very reason. What very reason that we can be partakers of the divine nature and escape the corruption that is in the world through lust for this very reason. Make every effort to supplement your faith, add to your faith, goodness, goodness with knowledge to knowledge, add self-control to self-control, add endurance to endurance, godliness, godliness, brotherly affection and brotherly affection Love is what he's talking about. Growing, maturing in Christ, walking in the things that he's made available to us as being partakers of this divine nature. For if you possess these qualities in increasing measure, which means if they're yours and they abound or they continue to grow, if you possess these things, they will keep you from being useless or unfruitful in the knowledge of our Lord Jesus Christ. Did you see that? It will keep you from being useless or unfruitful. What's that tell me I can mess around and be useless and unfruitful and still be in Christ. You can be in Christ and be useless and unfruitful if you're not walking in the fullness that he has made available to us. The person who lacks these things is blind and short-sighted and has forgotten the cleansing from his past sins. When we're not growing, he says we're blind and short-sighted. We'll even forget we're not sinners anymore. Y'all weren't ready for this today. (laughs) Therefore, brothers and sisters, I I preached for about 12 weeks on this one time. Some of y'all might remember that. I don't know. Because God just opened it up and I said, oh my goodness. He says, therefore, brothers and sisters, that's us, make every effort. He uses that again. Make every effort to confirm your calling and election, because if you do these things, you will never stumble. If you do these things, you will never stumble for in this way, entry into the eternal kingdom of our Lord, Jesus, Lord and Savior Jesus Christ will be richly provided to you that you'll be walking in the kingdom from above and not the kingdom below. And he said, therefore, I'll always remind you about these things. I, why? Because they're important. Because they are important to be partakers of the divine nature, escaping this corruption that's in the world through lust. What, what is it? What Peter's calling us to in Christ, what Paul is calling us to in Christ, is to grow and continue to grow. That it'll keep us from being useless and unfruitful in the knowledge. That those who lack it are are blind and have forgotten that they're not sinners anymore. What's that telling me? That they're still walking as those who are in the world. We never need to rest content without growth and pursuit. Never do we need to rest content without growth and pursuit. We need to increase in this heavenly mindedness. Come on. What the? Lightful, the light went out. Yeah. We never need to rest content. We need to have an increase in heavenly mindedness. Paul's telling us, learn all that you can about the one who's done all of these things for you. Walk as closely with him as possible. And he's praying the father to give them this spirit of wisdom and revelation in the knowledge of him. So that. I pray, or I pray that the eyes of your heart may be enlightened. The eyes of your heart may be enlightened. It's, it's this miraculous mix going on of wisdom and revelation and the knowledge of him. He's like, it's literally like the light comes on in your heart. That where there was darkness, now everything is illuminated. Why? So that you may know what is the hope of, of his calling. So you may know what is the hope of his calling. He's looking back at when he first called our name. He called your name, even though you were in your sin, even though you were a rebel against the throne of God, he called your name. The question was put before you, will you trust Will you call on him? Will you trust in his righteousness or your own? This one who has been so graciously provided to you. He says, so you'll know what is the hope of your calling. The hope when we had no hope. That's the hope of his calling. And the wealth of His glorious inheritance in the saints. So calling looks back at the beginning. The inheritance is looking where? Towards the culmination of all things. It's looking towards the end. We saw that our inheritance is in Him and the down payment of that inheritance is the promised Holy Spirit. And we are also His inheritance. We are also the inheritance given to the Son by the the glorious Father. Paul is telling them, I pray that your heart and the eyes of it, which is talking to faith, right? Speaking of faith, that your heart will be illuminated. Yeah, I once was blind, but now I see. So that you may know what is the hope of his calling. Which is what he's called you from, but not just what he's called you from also what he's called you to. He's like I really want you to see what it is you've been called out of and I want you to see what it is that you have been called in to that you may know what is the hope of his calling and the glorious inheritance in the saints. He has given us Christ as our inheritance and he has given Christ all things. Remember it said that in verse 10, that is a plan for the right time. He's going to bring everything together in Christ, both things in heaven and things on earth in him. And we're going to talk about that a little bit more next week. Our coming up passage deals with that explicitly. The conclusion of this today is that He's encouraging us to always be growing in the grace and the knowledge of our Lord Jesus Christ. And not just encouraging us to do it, but Him and Peter together, because I read you what Peter said, is telling us that it is essential for us that we're getting to know God better every single day. Every single day. That we never stop seeking. I'm convinced that so many believe that there's nothing that's going to change. And that's why they don't press in. But he's telling us that everything can and will change as we do. Think about it. Anybody who follows a profession makes a mistake when they stop studying. Right? Right? Whatever it is you do for work, whatever your profession is, this is what I do. You make a mistake when you stop studying and stop learning. You can get by for a little bit, right? But then the system changes, right? Then new studies come out. Something changes. The building codes change, right? Something changes. And you've made a mistake if you stopped growing with it. How much more for when we who profess faith, our profession is our faith, if we stop learning, stop growing, stop studying, stop seeking, stop listening, and stop pursuing. What all are we missing out on? Again, We can perish for a lack of just a little bit of knowledge. And he is freely giving us all things. So Peter said, he's given us everything. He's given us access to everything that we need for life and godliness in the knowledge of the one who has called us. In the knowledge of Jesus Christ. And and the encouraging part to me is this last part. And we'll have it as kind of our little parting reminder here. He's going to leave us with that in this little section of how all of this is accomplished. Because again, he's not praying that, that they will step up and do more. He's praying that God will continue to move on their hearts and they'll just respond to it that the eyes of your understanding would be enlightened so that you'll know what is the hope of His calling, what is the wealth of His glorious inheritance in the saints, and what is the immeasurable greatness of His power toward us who believe according to the mighty working of His strength. The immeasurable greatness of His strength power. Has your mind measured his power? Have you limited him in what he is able to do for you because you told him that's all he could do. You told him that's as far as you can go. Well God you know I mean I can only grow so much I don't read real well. When it's telling me that the greatness of his power is so great that it's unable to be measured. He wants them to know, Paul wants the Ephesians to know the power of God, but not only that. He wants them to know that it's immeasurable, the mighty power of God towards the ones who believe. Not only is he immeasurably powerful, but he's pointed that power towards those who would believe. This is the power that is at our backs as we are pursuing. This is what's propelling us forward. Like a rushing mighty river in flood stage that you can't help but be swept up in and will move things out of its way. That's just an earthly example. That's just a natural example. He's much greater than that. The answer to these prayers that Paul is praying in verse 15 through 19, they're reliant on him, on God Almighty. They're not relying on you, not relying on you bringing up the power to accomplish this growth and maturity, this pursuit. You're not required to do that. It's reliant on him and he is most reliable. Oh, that our eyes would be open to see the hope of his calling. The wealth of the riches of his glorious inheritance in the saints. What it is that he's doing in the world that we get to be a part of. You're going to see a little bit more of that next week. It's more than what you thought. And it's contingent upon not me. But the immeasurable greatness of his power towards those of us who believe. And what he's calling us to do is to abide in him and let his words abide in us more and more each day, individually, and then watch what that does corporately, both here for us in the community and around the world. Amen. Let's pray. Father, we thank you. We thank you first, just like Paul did, for the faith of those who have believed, who love the saints. And Lord, we pray along with him that you would give us the spirit of wisdom and revelation and the knowledge of you, that we wouldn't perish for lack of knowledge that the eyes of our heart would be enlightened so that we might know what is the hope of your calling, what you've called us out of and what you have called us into. What are the riches of your glorious inheritance in the saints and the immeasurable power that you have directed towards those who believe? I thank you that as we draw near to you, you'll draw near to us. And that you have, just like it says in Peter, given us everything that we need for life and godliness that will add to our faith as you have taught us, as you have put in front of us, knowing that if those things are ours and they abound, that we will not stumble and fall. And Lord, we won't be like those who are sightless and blind. Forgetting that they were cleansed from their old sins. But we'll walk in the fullness of what you have for us. Because it's more than we can imagine. It's more than we can fathom. But I thank you that through that spirit of revelation, you're beginning to reveal it to us. You have us here for a purpose. And I thank you, Lord, that your power will accomplish that purpose. If we'll look to you and we'll walk in it. In Jesus' name. Lord, as we prepare to go today, I thank you that we leave in peace and unity together with each other. Lord, bless those that are traveling. we got several out on the road. I thank you that you keep them safe, bring them safely home to us. Lord, those who are weak in their body today, that you heal them and strengthen them as only you can. And Lord, those that are working, that they would do so as to your glory and not their own. And as we go through this week, it will be with a regular acknowledgement of you, that we will regularly be aware of you and what you would say and do in our life. Holy Spirit, I thank you that you lead us because those that are led by the Spirit will not fulfill and walk in the lusts of the flesh, those fleeting pleasures of sin. I thank you that you've delivered us from their power and you're delivering us from their presence. In the name of Jesus, we thank you That we can be like the Ephesians and the eyes of our heart open so we can see you more clearly, walk with you more closely and love you more deeply. We thank you so much for all that you've done in Jesus name.